Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 17th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall and Casey Daniels 317. You can also find us on YouTube right now, live streaming. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So President Biden, he's cutting his international trip short. He's going to return to the U.S. for debt limit negotiations instead of visiting visiting Papua New Guinea and Australia as he initially planned. He is, however, going to head on to Japan. Yeah, nothing says I'm taking the debt ceiling negotiations very serious, like waiting until the very last minute and then at the last minute going to Japan, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so so the, the, the whole thing, you know, we used to say that there's a, there was a, a TV show back in the 90s and 2000s called Whose Line Is It Anyway? I love that show. It was great. Drew Carey was the host. There were famous comedians. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wayne Wayne Brady was on Mm -hmm. there. Ryan Stiles was on there. And basically, they would be given impromptu topics. Yes, things to play out. And they would do them, you know, live with 30 seconds of notice. And the tagline to the show was something like, where the game's made up and the rules don't matter. And Joe Biden is proving that when it comes to this debt ceiling stuff, all the huffing and puffing and America will default and the economy will be ruined and the blah, 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 blah. The game's made up and the rules don't matter. And he's lying to you because if he actually needed to get it done or cared about getting it done, you know, they would he would be there doing it. It's going to end. Let me tell you how this is going to end, Casey. Okay. because the cuts the Republicans are proposing is still going to add somewhere in the range of $15 trillion to our nation's debt over the next 10 years. Government is going to continue to grow. We're talking about them returning to 2022 spending levels. It's not like they're proposing we go back to 1993 spending levels. Biden is just posturing here to try to make himself look like a tough guy and get one or two things taken out of there. But at the end, the big government is still protected because the Republicans want it as bad as the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So he's going to come back. They're going to wait to the very end. He's going to accept most of these Republican, I'm doing air quotes here, cuts because they're not actually cuts because nothing with 2022 spending levels is a cut. And then he'll get one or two things, pet projects, whatever, kept in there, and everybody will declare victory, and society will continue to suffer. There. That's how it's going to end. Okay, so the White House is saying that they're in a new phase of negotiations, which is direct and productive. Oh. However, Kevin McCarthy is saying, no, we're still pretty far apart, and it's going to be pretty hard to get a deal done by the end of the week. So they're still, and it's not even them. It's not like it's Biden and McCarthy. It's their aides. It's their representatives. Sure. It's people speaking for them. Sure. So here is Joe Biden uh, trying to explain the debt ceiling and what would happen if we didn't get it lifted. America cannot default on its debt. If we're to do that, it would be catastrophic. It would be devastating for America and, quite frankly, the whole world. It would be a recession. We'd find that everything was changed. Our economy would really crater. It really would have a profound impact on how we live our lives. We'd find ourselves in a position where we no longer were viewed as a leader of the world economically. And we can't let that happen. It's beyond comprehension. No serious person in either party has ever thought this was an option. 
Okay, so if you were a person who actually believed the bull crap that the Republicans espouse every day about limited government or whatever, you should be enraged hearing that. Because what Joe Biden admitted right there is I have no option but to approve whatever deal the Republicans give me because I have to raise the debt ceiling. That is the worst. If you actually cared about limiting the government, that is the worst negotiating tactic and posture ever because he said, I have to approve this because I have to raise the debt ceiling. So if the Republicans actually cared about getting the spending under control, they would mandate a balanced budget. They would mandate a secure border. They would mandate uh, the Keystone Pipeline. They could mandate all these things because Biden has admitted to you, I have to approve this. Mm -hmm. Calamity. Society would end as we know it. It's going to be profound. And all the Republicans asked for, all Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans asked for was 2022 spending level. Gee, Casey, Mm -hmm. who called how this one was going to play out? (laughs) You did. So Biden says if America defaults on our defense, our, our, our debt, the economy is going to fall into recession. It's going to have global repercussions. It would be very damaging. It's going to be profound. By the way, that audio clip that you just heard from Joe Biden was produced by the Biden administration. Yes. It's highly edited. He's standing on, in front of a background and there's this uplifting music <laughs> being plucked in the background. Like if, if this is such the calamity that he says it is, why are we let that and if it's so serious, why has he waited 100 days to start negotiating? Well, the other question is, if it's so serious, why are you in Japan? Yes. And even John Kirby, the White House spokesman, says, hey, no big deal. He's going to Japan. Right now, the nation's debt exceeds 100% of its GDP. This has happened twice in U.S. history, once during World War II and once now, the last couple of years. How is it not a crisis when the country literally owes more than it's worth? You should ask the, you should ask the speaker this question. This is his job. This is his constitutional duty to move forward and get the debt limit done. That is a question for him. They are the legislative, it is a co-equal branch, as you know, they are the legislative body, and this is what they're supposed to do. That is a question, seriously, that is a question for the Speaker and the MAGA Republicans who are literally holding our economy hostage. I, I have to move on. I'm, I promise you take one That was cringe on Pierre, but that mm-hmm. answer was equally as ridiculous as the one that John Kirby gave. So her thing is, so Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans were elected to clean up spending, They're not really actually cleaning up the spending, but they're lying to society saying they're cleaning up the spending by going back to the 2022 levels. And her response was, well, you should ask Kevin McCarthy about that because the debt ceiling's his problem. Right. Well, and somebody did ask Kevin McCarthy about that. And his answer was, hey, you know what? It's not our fault. We already passed a spending bill. Well, the great thing about that question is we've already have taken default off the table because the House Republicans passed a bill that raised the debt ceiling, limited our future spending, uh, saved taxpayers money by being able to pull back uh, unspent money and waste and-, and actually grow our economy by making making our economy stronger and helping lifting people out of poverty into work. And so those are the parameters we'll talk about. We're going to lift people out of poverty and into work by returning to 2022 spending levels, mm-hmm. which adds trillions of dollars over the next 10 years to our nation's debt. Did I understand Kevin McCarthy's synopsis on that? This is the Republican Party. I, you know, and again, people got mad at me. Oh, you're being so mean to Jim Banks. Well, I knew well this was going to end. 
When Jim Bangs voted for this guy 15 times and came on this radio station, now he didn't come on this radio show, mm-hmm. but he came on this radio station and said how great Kevin McCarthy was and how what a fighter he was. Bull! Everybody knows what Kevin McCarthy is, and the Republicans' tough guy approach is uh, we've already taken default off the table. Why would you take default off the table? Why would you take anything off the table? Until the very, very end, until you sign a deal. Mm -hmm. That's business 101. They took default off the table, which was the silver bullet in their gun to get spending under control, the borders secured, whatever else they wanted to get, because they don't actually want to get spending under control. They are as invested in the spending, the Republicans, as the Democrats. Yeah, they. I mean, what's, what's the $5 trillion going to do to you? If this were such the crisis, wouldn't we realize this? Wouldn't you notice it in your everyday, your paycheck? Well, you do notice it every day. But the fact that Biden's going to Japan and John Kirby, he said, oh, this is no big deal, really. He can do multiple things at once, can he? We're talking about Biden here, can he? And why this just goes back to make America first with him traveling. He's going to be taking phone calls while he's in Japan about this. Can you imagine what a f- international phone call with Joe Biden is like? <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you. What? All right. Uh, when we come back, big news in the media world. Mm-hmm. Former Colts punter Pat McAfee. Didn't he once hop in the Monon? Wasn't that, didn't that how he became a thing? He famously went for a, a late night swim while he may have had a beverage or two. Uh, he is... Getting a new gig. Well, yeah. I mean, he had a gigantic gig, and now he's getting a new gig. And I think this is super interesting. Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. minutes after 10 you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC good morning thanks for joining us today so the Pat McAfee show is heading to ESPN this is a multi-million dollar deal worth more than eight figures a year lucky guy (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna put it out there lucky guy uh so yeah he's uh he's going to be walking away from his fan duel contract the although that's uh it's the deal that he signed back in December of 21. So this was super interesting because McAfee obviously former Colts punter mm-hmm. became a kind of a local favorite after he may have had an excessive amount of beverages and then went for a swim in the in the Monon I believe it was and then had a you know kind of became the wild and wacky uh you know, crazy, talented punter for the Colts and then got out of the NFL at a very young age and quickly used his NFL fame to create a a very successful media career. Uh, Pat McAfee, for a long period of time while he was on the Colts, did indeed live in the town of Brownsburg. And uh, so it was very nice. He he, uh, did multiple things to help various charities there and has become one of 
uh, the biggest, especially specifically in sports media, media stars in this country. Mm-hmm. He, I almost compare him kind of like he's like the sports version of Joe Rogan. Oh, like I, I kind of it's like there's no there's nothing traditional about the guy. He didn't grow up in broadcasting. He didn't work his way up through the ranks. He didn't, you know, start getting coffee for people and then become a board op and then, you know, producer become, and then finally got right. a shot on the air. So yeah. it's kind of a new way of doing things. And as we've seen, Rogan is the guy I can most compare him to. He has made a fortune and, you know, has acquired an empire basically with this sports show. And he. Definitely went away from the grain when he signed this deal with FanDuel, where basically FanDuel, the sports betting app, had said, hey, our goal is to drive people to our website and our services. If we have this guy do a show promoting our stuff on our website where people have to go to our our website apps, whatever, to get his, to consume this product, then it's a built-in marketing plan and even though we're paying him a gajillion dollars it actually becomes a relatively cheap form of advertising with the built-in consumer base yeah okay so pat mack if he does a lot of cussing on his show his live (laughs) show how's that going to play out on espn is he going to be able to keep that under control well he's going to have to but he did a lot of appearances on college game day and i'm wondering if that's where they kind of, you know, he got he got his his toe in the water there at ESPN, and they liked him, and they said, you know what, we want you over here all the time now. Well, and it'll be interesting to see how this guy operates in a mainstream. Not to say FanDuel, FanDuel is a gargantuan company, but they're not a mainstream American broadcaster. And it'll be interesting to see because I assume there'll be a, there's a TV component. And I assume, and it's dangerous to do in this business, but I'm going to, given what they're paying him, there will be a radio component to it as well. How does this guy operate in the confines? Because let's face it, you and I know this. There are certain confines to doing mainstream terrestrial radio. Which is different than... anything online it does not exist on spotify or youtube or whatever and you and i have had this conversation many times and it's a bit of an insider baseball conversation but it's true there are a lot of people who are famous on the internet who could not do what we do every day for seven minutes like they're just their 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 talent their uh niche whatever you want to call it does not cross over mm-hmm. to mainstream American broadcasting doesn't make what they do any uh, clearly right they're making money they're probably making more money than we are they have you know <laughs> th- hundreds of thousands millions of followers yeah but they're they would not be capable just something as simple as and this sounds crazy but hitting a break at the right time yeah knowing now you go to traffic right now it's the weather you know, now we're doing this segment with the with phone calls. Back time in the top of the hour to hit the network. Exactly. Yeah. Those are all things that you now have to factor in. And it may sound like a small thing, but it's a distracting thing. And it will be interesting to see how wild and wacky freeform guy who can tell somebody to F off mm-hmm. now has to work. And, well, he's going to have to clean up his language, too. Right. It's, like, it's like watching a guy in a Ferrari that can go 150 miles an hour on a country road and go a straight line country road and go, wow, that car is amazing. Well, sure it is, but there's no rules on a straight line country road with no other traffic. Now, how does the guy handle traffic in a crowded, you know, city street? Well, the car 
while it still may be a fun car to look at, it's probably not going to be as impressive from an operating standpoint. Well, you know what? I'm wondering if they're going to bring in a bunch of consultants and try and do this, do that. And then at the end of the day, he's not the Pat McAfee that they originally signed. And that's the danger they have. But I mean, he's a thing because players are comfortable appearing on a show because he's a former player and he says the things that other people are afraid to say or don't have the experience to say like you take like a Kirk Herbstreet he played but you know didn't, didn't Pat McAfee he played he was in the game he knows what the players go through didn't you almost go on a date with Kirk Herbstreet once no I didn't I, I went to high school with him he dated Jenny Ruby oh that's right Jenny Ruby I was friends with Jenny what Ruby what did Jenny Ruby have that you didn't have um, brown curly hair <laughs> Is that I, it? Is I that what it was? I don't know. What did she have? <laughs> what did she have that I didn't have? Uh, speaking of people who have nothing to offer, Mike Pence is back in the news. <laughs> yes. Hi, Mike. And, and it's, uh, it's getting closer and closer to the idea that he might announce that he's running for president. He's got this pact that he's forming, committed to America. He's going to do it. You think he's so? He's really arrogant and self-absorbed enough to believe that he has any chance to be president of the United States. Well, he's got a pack. They're they're filling it with money. I, I can't, they're going to do something with that money. I can't tell you, Casey, about how excited I have waited years for this day, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how excited I'm going to be when Mike Pence declares that he's running for president. Because as I have told you many times, I have just just, and I'm not going to say I've got a Manila uh, folder full of stories. Uh, sourced and dated and, you know, very clearly articulated. But I've got just so many wonderful stories Mm -hmm. about working in the state auditor's office and then working under the governor as the director for the board of pharmacy that I've just been, I've been waiting years to tell these stories about who Mike Pence really is. And gosh darn it, I've been saving them for the perfect time. And I always said when Pence declares he's running for president, that would be the perfect time to start telling these stories. That's where you're going to unleash him. Isn't it a picture with you and Mike Pence on the back cover of your book? Oh, there well, there are so many pictures of me and Mike Pence, and he said so many nice things about me, uh, so it's going to be very hard for him to say. It's going to well, take them all back. He's just making it all up. How would he know? Okay, well, he says they're going to organize in Iowa, all 99 counties, like they're running for county sheriff. But the uh, latest sure. uh, CBS News poll says that he has 5% support. I can't tell you, Casey, the joy it brings me to know that he is about to do this. I mean, there was part of me. I mean, Mike Pence has surrounded himself with largely the same group of people since the 1980s who have been what I call the gravy train express. And these are people who recognized, ooh, this is a a decent-looking, highly articulate guy who is destined to end up in politics in some shape, form, or fashion. And if we just latch on to his belt buckle for long enough, then maybe he'll carry us somewhere. And they have been, to their credit, very successful while accomplishing very little on their own of letting Mike Pence get them power and money and all sorts of things. And these people recognize, hey, the last stop on the Gravy Train Express is the White House with having no regard for Mike himself, because if you were actually Mike Pence's friend or you actually cared about him. Or if you actually saw the polling numbers. You would tell him you are despised by a huge portion of the Republican electorate. You have no chance to be elected and you're just going to do 
irreparable harm to your rep- reputation long term just fade off into the sunset with your uh, mansion in Carmel slash Zionsville and just let it be. But no, these people need jobs. They need the opportunity to have power. And so they've convinced this this. Am I allowed to? No, I'm not allowed to say that on the air. They have convinced this guy that he should run for president. And I just, I can't wait. I am so excited. I hope it's tomorrow. I hope the announcement can't come soon soon enough, Casey, because you know, I'm not one to stew on things, Casey. I'm not one to hold a grudge. I'm not one to just let things fester up inside of me. But in this case, mm-hmm. well, I've just got a lot of stories You're to tell. You're going to let I'm it just, all out. Okay. I'm just so excited. They're saying they're going to reintroduce Mike Pence to the country oh, as, as his own man, I not love- as vice president. But listen yes. to this, Rob. But as a true economic, social, and national security conservative, a Reagan conservative. Right. Oh, yes. And we're going to talk all about when he declares about how Mike Mike Pence governed about, you know, things he did behind the scenes about how maybe he wasn't always so honest with the people of the state of Indiana, which is crazy because, (laughs) well, Mike Pence, you know, he's above reproach. And well, you know, I've just I'm so excited for these stories. And I just come on, Mike. Do it now. Declare it now. Let's go. (laughs) Your day's coming. We've got your voicemails up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute with the voicemails. We love hearing from you. Do I hear did I hear a rumor that we have a call from Gert today? We do. I'm not sure we're gonna have time to get to it. it oh, will, let's make time. Well, yeah, maybe next hour. Okay. Because we got a cavalcade, Casey, yeah. of phone calls yesterday on the program. I once again addressed a long running issue on this show, which is that for basically three years now, <laughs> at various times, I have been on text chains from the Louisiana State Legislature. And somehow, I think because the area code for Louisiana, there is one area code that is 318 and ours is 317. My phone number is apparently close enough to one of these legislators that I have gotten text messages. Sometimes it's a group, it's Republicans. I think they're House members. I kind of looked up some of these people who they were. And it's like they, they will. T- I mean, this is the incompetence of your government. It's sometimes what appears to be super sensitive, like information about strategy, about public policy, about going after the governor. And we have at various times as they have randomly popped up, just chuckled on the air about different things that are being said to me. And finally, we decided after three years I should probably respond to one mm-hmm. of these messages. Yeah. And you had told me what to say. And I think ultimately I said something like, tell, tell me, me more. more. And yes. the person, <laughs> I'm guessing finally after three years, recognized the egregious nature of their mistake because they did not tell me anymore. That's what I respond when I get a random text yeah, from Yeah, from a person you don't know. Tell, yeah. tell me more. Tell me more. Now, I may again respond because I I'm hoping that I continue to be given this information, not that I care about the state of Louisiana, but it's just hilarious that this is how incompetent. I mean, we had pointed out if you were texting a friend or a coworker or whatever, something clearly important enough to text them and you went years without a response from this person, 
When you saw them in the halls of the state capitol, wouldn't you say, hey, Frank? You never replied. Yeah. Are you getting my texts? But this is the laziness, the incompetence, the buffoonery of people who are serving in high levels of governments at at all levels. Mm -hmm. And we got a bunch of phone calls about how I should handle this uh, going forward. Let's get to them. Just from the perspective of being a retired senior intelligence officer, this business with Rob getting text messages from Louisiana, all I can say is milk it for all it's bloody worth. You're not breaking the law. Bye. There we go. So we'd had a question if I responded to this guy. Yeah. Was I impersonating a government official? And we agreed collectively that as long as I don't pretend to be that person, I just say something, you know. Tell me more. Tell me more that I'm in the clear and this former government official appears to have confirmed that. Yeah, he's saying get more info. Get all you can. But what? They they haven't replied? No, nothing. Oh. So maybe I'm going to try it again. Tell me more. (laughs) Maybe just every day I will just keep saying tell me more. Repeat that. Tell me more. What else? (laughs) What else? Or you could send a meme back just like an American flag meme or something. Yes. Uh, All right. uh, Next call. Yeah, take the phone number and share it with us so we can text. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, whose phone number does he want? Does he want your phone number or the Louisiana Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think number. about that. I didn't even think about that. Uh, and I think that's our guy, Angelo, there in Carmel, who uh, he's the guy who's on child, is paying child support until he's in his 70s. Oh, right. Like that. Yes. I think yes. that's our, our guy there. Congratulations uh, to him. Okay. So then we another phone call on this topic. And this guy goes on just a great rant. And then he addresses something and someone specifically inside of this rant that I want to piggyback off of. Okay. Um, because our old pal, our friend from Seymour, oh, uh, just a new level of pathetic for him. Take a listen. Hey, Rob and Casey. It's a, this is Aiden Marietta. I wanted to offer you some advice. You talk about all the texts you've been getting. And on the air, I just listened to that. And my advice would probably be, hey, tell me more. I think that kind of works, too. I mean, all these people are buffoons, and I don't really think there's really anything with them. So, I mean, if there's some you can, you are able to ignore them, my advice would be just to ignore them. But if you have got to respond to them, if you're just tempted to try to mess with them and troll them, just I'd say go all in on it. These people are buffoons. There's no reasoning with them. And really, it's just a whole bunch of fun just to get reactions out of them. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. And if um, uh, Jim Lucas um, ever decides to text again, I would say if Jim Lucas of Seymour decides to text, um, we could always uh, see if we could get him uh, institutionalized since he has a very unhealthy obsession with you that really, I'm thinking, why hasn't this guy been put in some kind of a home? Or, what? I don't know, he clearly doesn't spend enough time with his family. And since he focuses a lot on you, I think it's about time we just put... Give Jim, Jim Lucas needs help. That's all I can say. A lot of these people need some kind of serious therapy. So we could just institute, or we could just institutionalize all these politicians. Wow. What's that? Did you know that guy? Was he a friend of yours? No, he's a listener to the show. He tweets at us all the time on Twitter. I've never met that guy in person. No, absolutely not. He was speaking your language. Uh, I think you should have fun with the text, too. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so, yeah. See what you can get out of them. So we do have to talk about, because he mentioned our dear friend from Seymour. Yeah. And Casey, in fairness, I told Casey maybe we shouldn't do this. And I Casey, was, Casey mm-hmm. in this case, said, no, do it. 
Can you confirm that, that I was trying to take the high ground on this, and you said, no, we absolutely should point out what a maniac Jim Lucas is? Okay, so this something happened last week, and you were debating, do we address this, do we not? And then you kind of tabled it and let it sit. Well, I was trying to be... I was trying to be the bigger person. Right. Because... For those who don't know, Jim Lucas is a state rep from Seymour. He has on multiple occasions, whatever you want to call it, shut down his Facebook page, canceled it, whatever. And I believe on multiple instances, it was centered around things that he had either posted or said on social media. You know, he made a a meme once that was Indie Star and television were very angry at that said it was racist. He he disappeared. Something was anti-Semitic. Yeah. And then he ended up going to the Holocaust Museum in Mm -hmm. Terre Haute. Yeah. I mean, the guy repeatedly. I've long said this about Jim. I don't I think there are many people in the state house who are maniacal, evil people. I do not think Jim is evil or maniacal. I just think he's a moron. I mean, I think the level of stupid on Jim Lucas, if you made him take an IQ test, you would be flabbergasted at how stupid this guy is. But so multiple times he has left social media. He's declared. Yes. I am taking a break from Facebook. It is pathetic. It is. So he goes on over the weekend, or I guess this was before the weekend, and he writes this big, long thing. Like, anybody cares whether you're on social media or not. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. As my wife said, it is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. Just (laughs) go. And there's my wife, who is the, you've met her, the sweetest lady in the whole world. And she read this long thing that he posted, and she's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Just leave. Nobody cares. Yeah. So he announces, I'll read part of it for you. Are, you. are you ready, Casey? Yeah. So I can't remember exactly what day this was. I think it might have been Friday. I'm taking a break from Facebook and social media in general for a while, and I wish everyone fulfillment and happiness. I will not be checking my messages during this time, in all caps, mm-hmm. and then God bless. Okay. So that tells me, you know, I'd sent this to you at the time. I'd said, how long do we give this guy? What's the pool? I'm saying, I'm saying seven days. I'm going to give him seven days uh-huh. because we know he has a, a just a bizarre addiction. Because the guy posts like thirty things a day. Yeah, he's posting far more than he's working for you. That the he's tax governing. Bears. Yes. So I said I'm going to give him seven days mm-hmm. and then he'll be back. And mm-hmm. I we talked at the time. I said, do we respond to this? Right. Because it is pathetic that you think you're so important that people care whether you're on social that media. You have or not. to announce that you're leaving. And we discussed this over the weekend. Should we talk about this yeah. Monday or do we just let it go? And you even said, oh, he'll be back. Oh yeah. And I said uh, in the pool, I'm saying seven days. So yeah. if that was Friday, I can't remember what day we went. Back. No, it was Thursday. I see right here. It was Thursday. I texted it to you. So mm-hmm. I said seven days so it'll be thursday well then on sunday he posted a thing for mother's day which is clearly in violation of his own rules but uh, i thought it's for mother's day sure. i'm just going to let, let i'm go. just going to let it go because even though it's again clearly you're on social media you're posting it because you want attention you want people to see it it's for the mothers i'm going to let it go well then yesterday uh-huh. <laughs> so let's see friday saturday sunday Monday, uh-huh. Tuesday. Yeah. If that was Thursday, that's five days from when I sent you that message. Uh-huh. That's not even seven days. No. He posts, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. Okay. It, Since the Durham report came out, I just want to jump on here for a second to say I was right about everything. 
Now back to my break again. Now back to my break. <laughs> we interrupt this program. He's so addicted to attention and social media. And again, this is, Casey, we're doing this because this is one of the 150 most powerful people in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. He, for, I don't know how many times it's been now, he's this big. Off and on. I'm off. And here's the big, for my, whatever, he, how, what did he say? For my mental health yes. or whatever. Yes. You are so fragile that uh-huh. Facebook is affecting your mental health that you have to announce you're making this big departure and you can't even make it seven days. Kobe doesn't ever have to go to rehab because, <laughs> I mean, what's he going to do? Just one drink. Just one hit. That I, is um, so that he, is pathetic. So we're, we're going to have to ask our etiquette expert about should you announce if you're leaving social media because what happens when you return it completely dilutes your word <laughs> that you're leaving and then you're back but somebody commented i think it was a family member who commented in that thread thank you he said i'm leaving i'm taking a break from social media and i believe it was a family member of his who said thank you like okay you need to take a break if it is having it's wreaking havoc on you you do need to shut it down he does have a lot of followers he's got like over twelve thousand followers sure he's got so, a, so does alex jones right but i i don't know if he's getting dm'd constantly all the time and it's overwhelming what, what, what is he madonna i don't is he elvis know. i don't know but what is he post malone but maybe for his own mental health yes Take a break. I'm so popular as a state rep from Seymour that I can't stand this cavalcade of inbox messages from all my unwavering fans. Mm-hmm. Is that your theory? I, d- I don't know. I mean, why? I'm taking a break. 48 hours, he's back on. I'm taking a break again. <laughs> 24 hours, he's back on. Which it, is it? He is just short at this point of Britney Spears shaving his head and walking down the street. Oh, don't say that. But is it, say- is, it, is it not the same pattern of behavior? It, it, it's something, all right. It is something. Jeez, hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Casey. Yes. Question. What? This is so important. Okay, lay it on me. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you laser focused? I am focused. All right, let's do it. How would you like to get a 35% bonus when you invest your money? I would, please. Yes, thank you. Well, if you invest $100,000, you'd get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you'd get a $70,000 bonus. If this sounds too good to be true, it's not. Mm. And this offer gets even better. You'll also sleep well knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. Learn more by calling Bill Demery, your retirement guy, right here in Indy at 317-932-9912. And if you know Rob, you know he doesn't seem to like many people. But I do like Bill Demery. He is so pleasant to meet in person. Everyone should do it. Learn how you can get a 35% bonus by calling Bill Demery at 317-932-9912. That's 317-932-9912. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Ten fifty 
51 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We missed you yesterday. Hammer joins us in the studio. Good to be back. Had a little uh, dad duty yesterday. It was senior night, the final regular season home game for my oldest, who Uh plays baseball. And even though it's not his last game at home because we're hosting the sectional, it's senior night. So all of the seniors line up and their parents are with them and they announce things. And it was really cool. And you, a la George Bush, 2001 at the World Series, got to throw out one of the ceremonial first pitches. Right. So that's one of the deals. Like, So in addition to announcing the seniors, and we'll talk about that in just a second, um, the player goes behind the plate Mm -hmm. and his parent or family member goes up and they throw one last ceremonial first pitch. You do the Bush. You put your thumb up in the air for everyone to see. I will say that I threw a strike. Yeah. Nice. From the mound, perfect strike. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the second time that I have been asked to throw a ceremonial first pitch. I did one for an Indians game That's a right. number of years ago, right. and that was a strike, too. So, when the money is on the table, and it's winning time, and you need a ceremonial first pitch, yeah. I'm your huckleberry. Now, didn't you have a little problem <laughs> with a hockey shot at one point? Oh, the hockey shot, I'm awful. <laughs> I yeah, you go am to a- so bad at the hockey shot <laughs> at the uh, fuel games. Yeah, right. Like, it's so bad. Like, my puck goes nowhere near the net. Yeah. But ceremonial first pitch, I am in. Two strikes, two throws. Pretty good. None in the dirt. I mean, it was perfect. Did you have the old man lob on the ball? I mean, you still coach baseball, so your arm is probably in good enough shape that you could throw on what resembles a line of some sort. <laughs> so it wasn't a lob, but I also didn't cock back and bring the heat that would require a 45-year-old man to have rotator cuff yeah. surgery. <laughs> but uh, through kind of just perfect right down the line. Better than Carl Lewis? Better than Carl Lewis, better than 50 Cent, better than Fauci, and better than Nigel. Nice. Nigel bounced one at Victory Field. Hey, at least you got it over the plate. So senior night. Now, I remember when my daughter went through this, they announced, you know, hey, accompanied by your parents and where they're going to school and what the future holds for them. Was that the same thing for Chris Hammer last night? Yes. Now, we had a lot of seniors in the baseball program. I think there was 12 players, a couple managers. So it was a long process. But, you know, everybody's is pretty much the same. But Chris told me, I wrote something. I'm not quite sure they're going to say it. I was like, okay, because they give him a form to fill out and yeah. give to the announcer. Yeah. So we're walking out there, and then I hear the announcer go, you know, Chris Hammer, he's a senior. He's going to be going to the University of Indianapolis. He's going to be on the bowling team. He's won these scholarships. He's the class president. And then... As we're walking out there, Chris Hammer wants to go study political science and broadcasting to expose the swamp in Washington (laughs) and explain to you why local elections matter, because those are the people that steal your money first. Chris Hammer, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Wow. And what was great was like the crowd, even from the visitor's side, like the Monrovia side, got up and gave it a standing ovation. (laughs) I love that so much. Um... So you get teary-eyed? You get emotional? No, because it was such a friendly environment yesterday. Because we knew the coaches from Monrovia, because Chris works out with them 
in the offseason. Yeah. You know, they've been like his hitting coaches and they run the facility where he has gone for years. Yeah. So we know those guys and all of his, you know, family members, well, not all, but a lot of his family members were there last night. And uh, he was just in a comfortable place. And it was a great game. Pitchers duel, one to nothing. Good guys won yesterday. That's great. Uh, but yeah, really good game. Fun you, night. You know, I think about what my senior day announcement would have been like. Rub Kendall, barely graduating, has no idea what college will actually accept him. Let his class in swirlies given in the bathroom. <laughs> and every one of his teachers is elated that he is about to graduate. You still have more games, though, coming up. So right, the tears so may still flow. We got to go on the road this yeah. Thursday to play Monrovia again. And then the sectional is next week, which we host. So... Survive in advance, it's that time of year. And then the Saturday before the race uh, is graduation day. Yeah. So the boy also gets to speak at that. So I'm hoping that it's rally Trump kind of speech. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You, you see those administrators back there? They're some of the worst people in the entire world. I'm going to turn around and look at the fake news media. Hey, uh, I want to ask what's coming up this afternoon, but I also want you to real quick just touch on how your ticket sales going for uh, Tales from the Track. I think real real well. I um I wasn't here yesterday, so last time I spoke to our promotions director was on Monday and there was like 40 something left. I haven't checked yet today, but Tales from the Track, awesome event, VIP meet and greet, pictures, autograph, food, Q&A with Ed Carpenter. Get your tickets on the events page of WIBC.com. We need Dick Simon next year. Dick Simon. Can you imagine the fun we could do with that? <laughs> What's coming up? Heather and Nigel's game. night with Never mind. Uh, coming up this afternoon, <laughs> biggest stories of the day. Casey will join us. The Tonus will join us. We'll have a good time. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.